Head to netsuite.com slash briefing now for their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Hi, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Wednesday, June 16th, 2021. The summit between President Biden and Russian President Putin is now over. We'll break down what we learned from this historic meeting between two powerful nations. After roughly four hours of both the American and Russian delegation and their leaders being behind closed doors, we learned a bit from each leader independently about what happened during this historic summit. Both leaders, Putin and Biden, described the summit as productive, constructive, no threat tactics used to advance agendas. Putin said it was substantive and efficient, while Biden made sure to justify taking the meeting in the first place by saying there's no substitute for face-to-face meetings. But neither man seemed to be looking at today through rose-colored glasses. This is not a kumbaya moment, as you used to say back in the 60s in the United States, like, let's hug and love each other. But it's clearly not in anybody's interest. Your countries are mine for us to be in a situation where we're in a new Cold War. And I truly believe he thinks that. Both leaders indicated that they talked about human rights, cybersecurity, and ransomware attacks, among a whole host of other topics. And both leaders agreed to expert consultations on cybersecurity, as well as having both the U.S. ambassador for Russia and the Russian ambassador to the U.S. returning to their respective capitals. Another item on their agenda that both leaders said they now will begin to work in earnest on is dealing with some of the American prisoners in Russian jails and vice versa, Russians in American jails. Prior to today's meeting, White House aides had set expectations a little low, saying there would be no real deliverables coming out of the meeting. And in fact, President Biden emerged with setting a rough six-month timeline now to see if this baseline conversation actually produces a conductive relationship with real progress. What is going to happen next is we're going to be able to look back, look ahead in three to six months and say, did the things we agreed to sit down and try to work out, did it work? Do we, are we closer to a major strategic stability talks and and progress? That's going to be the test. Obviously, the areas of potential cooperation are not as great as the areas of differences between these two leaders. And one key area of difference is how Vladimir Putin describes and characterizes the insurrectionists of January 6th here in the United States. People rioted and went into the Congress in the U.S. with political demands. And many people were uh, declared as criminals and uh, they are uh, threatened with imprisonment from 20 to 25 years. We sympathize with what was happening in the States, but we do not wish uh, that to happen in Russia. A little later, when President Biden was asked for his reaction to those comments from Putin, he made clear he couldn't disagree more. That's a ridiculous comparison. It's one thing for literally criminals to break through cordon, go into the Capitol, kill a police officer and be held unaccountable. 
and it is for people objecting and marching on the Capitol and saying, you are not allowing me to speak freely. And on the topic of human rights, President Biden was asked specifically what he said to Vladimir Putin when it comes to the safety of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. What do you say would happen if opposition leader Alexei Navalny dies? I made it clear to him that I believe the the consequences of that would be devastating for Russia. And at the very end of Biden's press conference, my colleague, CNN chief White House correspondent Caitlin Collins, pressed President Biden if he indeed was having too optimistic a sense of what this summit brought forth because of everything Putin said, where he didn't back off one iota his commitment to prosecuting Navalny, his political opposition, uh, or admit any blame or responsibility for ransomware attacks or cybersecurity attacks on American elections. Biden got a little testy in his response to Caitlin at the end of the press conference and in a very rare move. Just a short while after that tense exchange the president had with Caitlin Collins, he arrived on the tarmac ready to board the steps to Air Force One. And instead of boarding his airplane, he came over to the reporters on the tarmac for the specific purpose of apologizing for what he called being a wise guy in his last answer at the press conference to Caitlin. This major historic summit was the final moment in a week-long trip, President Biden's first trip abroad as president of the United States. And one thing was crystal clear. He was in his comfort zone. These are issues he's been working on for decades, and he is quite comfortable on the world stage, even though he's new to this particular role as president. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.